Welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket. I'm Davius. This is episode number 20. Really no announcements this week other than this is our 20th episode, so I feel like that is... uh, you know, worth mentioning. We made it this far, and uh, hopefully we'll do 20 more and another 20 after that, and it'll just keep going. Anything to say to commemorate our, our 20th episode? The next episode, our podcast can legally drink. Yeah, man. From the Nord <laughs> standpoint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, funny enough, the Nord legal drinking age is also 21. Right? <laughs> no, that's not true. It's actually six months. <laughs> so yeah, that's really the only announcement this week. So let's talk about the gold vendor. Uh, the gold vendor is a little bit different right now. So we have Mid-Year Mayhem happening uh, right now, which we'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, but during this Mid-Year Mayhem uh, situation, uh, the gold vendor, instead of offering uh, a random assortment of monster sets and gold jewelry uh, each week, uh, it's uh, she's now offering um, gold neck pieces for all of the Cyrodiil uh, vendor sets. So uh, these are sets like Curse Eater, Deadly Strikes, Fury, Elfbane, Buffer of the Swift, and a whole bunch more. Uh, every single Cyrodiil set, uh, uh, you can buy gold neck pieces this week, and I believe next weekend it's going to be uh, rings. Um, so, um, if you're looking, if you have any builds that use those sets uh, and you're looking to get gold jewelry for any of those sets, it's a, it's a real good opportunity to do that. And a lot of these are very, very good sets. I use Elfbane myself and, and Deadly Strikes. On the news front, we got a couple of press releases. Um, so one is titled, get a free pet by verifying and opting in to email. And I'll put a link to this in the description. Uh, but, uh, basically Zoss is offering a free a uh, non-combat pet uh, if you opt in to their uh, marketing emails. So you just go to elderscrollsonline.com, sign into your account. Uh, there's like a marketing settings section there. Uh, and it's just a checkbox to, to opt into those marketing setting, uh, marketing emails. And um, like me, I use uh, like a dedicated email that I only use for this game. So I don't mind at all if they want to send me all the marketing stuff they want because <laughs> it's just it just goes to this one email account that I only check once in a while. Great deal. The pet looks cool. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's uh, the Infernium Dwarven Spiderling. Yeah, it's one of those little uh, dwarven spiders, but it's all like glowing orange, like it's like molten hot or something like that. Yeah, it's got like fire at its feet. Yeah. Cool pet. um, You opt into that. I think they said that you'll they'll just send you a redemption code in your email sometime in July. They're they're not any more specific than that. In other news, it is Mid-Year Mayhem. This started just this past Thursday, and it's going to go until July 7th. I'll put a link in the description so you could read uh, more details about it. Um, but this is a PvP event. Emphasis on the mayhem. It's very chaotic. <laughs> mayhem is absolutely present. Um, so yeah, this is a, is a PvP event. I think all PvP modes are uh, you know included. Um, so what you get during this event, you get double XP and AP whenever you uh, participate in, in PvP things. You can get new outfit styles, new emotes. Uh, also in Cyrodiil, um, the resource nodes are uh, double. So if you harvest any you know, ancestor silk or alchemy ingredients or anything like that, you'll get double the amount that you normally get. 
There's also these boon boxes that come along with your rewards for the worthy, just these gold boxes that just have random uh, rewards in them, things like transmute crystals, repair kits, alchemy ingredients, uh, style pages, different stuff like that. Um, and you can also uh, earn event tickets by doing uh, the daily quests. If your uh, Indrik collection is not quite big enough yet, you can uh, <laughs> you can expand that now. I will say that most of the time I use the event tech tickets for, they always do some sort of new style, I feel like, for the events. Yeah. And I haven't actually looked to see what the style is for this event right now. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a pretty cool looking style, I'm not sure. One of the most notable things about Mid-Year Mayhem, the thing I think that every PvPer is talking about is how surprisingly good the performance is. And I think Davius, you and I have experienced this as well. Like, you know, right now you go to any, you go to Cyrodiil or Imperial City or any of these places and it's, it's more population than you've ever seen, right? It's just like yes. tons and tons, like swarms of players everywhere. And, you know, performance seems all right. Surprisingly. Yeah. I mean, I really haven't had an issue, you know, uh, I feel like in the past, you're, if you're in Cyrodiil, you know, it's a fight of 25 on 25. You're not even really sure what's happening because everything's freezing and things are, and uh, I oh, mean. Yeah, even even if it's just like, you know, all three factions only have like two bars. Yeah. It's still often like seriously not playable because the performance is so bad. Uh, and now there's more players than ever. They've added additional campaigns. Every single one of those campaigns is pop-locked, you know. Yes. It's like so many players and i mean there's a you know there's a performance hiccup here and there for sure but certainly playable yeah for the most part i haven't even i mean it's been like you said maybe a hiccup every now and then but it's been just like typical imperial city or typical pvp except for the you know the 50 players that you run into around every corner <laughs> sure sure <laughs> yeah that that poses a new challenge um <laughs> uh, and it's just interesting, you know, and it makes, I think it makes people raise a lot of eyebrows like, well, why can't it just run like this all the time then, you know, when we have a fraction of this many yeah. players playing. Um, so that's an interesting thing. I am thankful that performance is good during this event, but something tells me when this event's over, whatever resources have been allocated to, to make the performance what it is are probably going to be unallocated and we're going to be right back where we were before is kind of the, what everyone expects is going to happen. I think it hurts most for the Cyrodiil, you know, regulars, you know, they're, this is probably, uh, their hopes and dreams are being fulfilled right now. Um, yeah, yeah. And now they're, you know, the, the, the concern that they're going to have to go back to what it, what it has been in the past has got to be weighing on them. You know, honestly, we should take this opportunity because we hardly ever do Cyrodiil for that reason. Cause yeah. we don't like dealing with their performance, but maybe we should take this event as an opportunity to go soak up some Cyrodiil action and, and enjoy that for a little while while we can. That's a good idea. We need. We should do that. Um, I mean, we may as well because, you know, Cyrodiil is like, um, which, which you might call large-scale PvP is kind of what it's for. And that's kind of seems to be what Imperial City has become here lately is uh, another <laughs> large-scale uh, PvP situation, uh, especially... I feel like it was. It already had become that since uh, there's that Malakath lead up there. There's just a lot more players up there in general. Yeah. Uh, and now we have this event, and man, oh man! I mean, we were in there last <laughs> night, and it's just, man, it's it's it is mayhem. <laughs> it is mayhem out there. Well done, well done. Uh, 
yeah, it is a it's a totally different animal now. It is not. Um, I think that we all you know we originally adapted Imperial City because it was kind of you know when they had taken away um, group playing and battlegrounds. You know, it was a perfect transition to Imperial City. You know, with the PV side is a lot of fun. You get rewards. Telvar's great rewards, um, and uh, I just think that now it's not this small scale team pvp anymore it is people are down there uh it is zergs all over the place uh yeah. just like it's it's essentially cyrodiil it's just like if you took cyrodiil and closed it in a tiny box but to and had that same amount of players it's a different yeah. animal now for sure it, it really is and like i mean we were having a little bit of fun like we we picked off a few like handful of uh smaller skirmishes here and there but mm-hmm. um they were they were, they were short lived usually right like we we would get like yeah. a decent fight going and then it was only a matter of minutes before you know forty enemies show up and, <laughs> they saw the fight and came and um, joined in yeah and every single one of them are super bloodthirsty and are trying their very hardest to get like two people <laughs> you know um, and so yeah we found the only way we could really have a decent time was to just go find a Zerg and run around with them and, and just kind of smash our Zergs up against each other. Yeah. Um, sewers are a little bit different story. I feel like we had, we could have a little bit better time uh, below ground in the sewers because, because of that confined space, you can, you can manage those large groups a little better. You can kite them through corridors and, you know, things like that. But even then, I mean, we were getting overwhelmed quite a bit. I mean, the, the sheer numbers were just, so much more than what, what we're used to doing. A lot, a lot for sure. Uh, of course, our old um, guild buddies were in there as well from Adastra uh, Battlegrounds Guild. Uh, they've been doing a lot of Imperial City here lately with their big, you know, <laughs> uh, 12, 12 man plus Zerg of hardened seasoned veterans. <laughs> That's one you um, watch out for. Watch out for that Zerg. <laughs> you absolutely watch out for the those guys. And it's like, you know, sometimes I'll see like a large group of enemies and I'll from afar, I'll kind of poke at them, like see if I can draw some aggro, maybe get one or two of them to come fight me or whatever. But man, I learned not to do that with these guys because you'll, <laughs> you'll poke out one or two of them. And then, man, before you know it, all of them are just on top of you. Um, so anyway, yeah, we ended up going back to our double healer situation and had a little bit of fun uh, with that. Um, I think that's kind of how we ended the night. Yeah, we we definitely were um, surviving, but it was. I mean, that's that's probably the best way I could say that's, it. We were that's just surviving. The, <laughs> <laughs> that is precisely what we were doing: surviving. Um, I don't know. I think you know after this event passes, um, and maybe hopefully more people have their hands on that Malakath band by that point as well, so things just kind of settle back down into a more you know manageable situation is kind of what i'm hoping yeah i think that i think it's going to be a good thing i think that recently with all of this attention to imperial city a lot of people have realized how fun imperial city can be so i think Mm -hmm. it's overall pop is going to be higher than what it's been but i agree with you i think that this crazy level it's at right now is only going to go down uh, as time progresses especially after the event ends and then like you said uh, the Malakath ban, enough people grab, get their hands on that and grab it, then I think it'll go yeah. back down to a more manageable uh, level. Yeah. 
Uh, but I mean, it's fun. Uh, it's cool to see like all these people out there and all this energy and people getting excited for PVP and people like being in Imperial City for the first time and just seeing like a, the Molog ball fight. Like it's really cool the first time you see it, even though the rewards are super disappointing. We we had joked that even no CP Imperial City is full and that place, oof. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a tough yeah. gig. <laughs> I mean, if you're if you're below CP ones, or if you're below um, the CP cap. Uh, I, I understand the appeal of that because you're on more of a level playing field, but man, the, the PVE aspect of, of the no CP Imperial city is just so, so not pleasant to me. <laughs> those, uh, those banner bosses get oppressive. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, the PV, the PVE, uh, mobs and monsters and stuff, they're, they're the same. Yeah. They, they don't have champion points anyway, so they don't change at all. You're just so much weaker. Yeah. So it's uh it's really, if you want like a, a hard mode PVE experience. That's it right there. <laughs> yeah, those banner bosses, man. There's no way you're soloing those dudes. Watch out for those guys. No CP. I mean, maybe with some, maybe some builds can, but typically, man, you're going to need help. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, why don't we talk about what we've been doing this week? Of course, we just talked about Imperial City, and we've been doing a little bit of that. Um, uh, in addition to that, I've been, of course, playing some more with my Stamina Templar. Uh, I'll probably talk about this character every single episode because she's just, <laughs> she's just the best. She's, she's so just awesome. The best. Um, now, I am happy to say no more revisions, all right? It's, it's the, still the same as the last episode. She's totally locked in. Her, her gear setup, her build is totally done. Uh, I remade the build video. It's up on YouTube, um, you know, so you can go see that there. Uh, and dude, I'm just having, I'm having so much fun with my, with, this is my PVP main. She's my very favorite. She's the best she's ever been. Uh, and it's just a blast running around with this character. Yeah. Um, so I will talk about the build and stuff. I've already, I think we've gone over that multiple times, uh, in, in past episodes. Uh, but just, just saying, I'm just, even though I'm finished with the build and the, and the video's done, you know, oftentimes I'll, I'm like, okay, the video's in the can, moving on to something else. Uh, but now I'm like, I can't stop playing with this character. <laughs> you can't though. quite move on, you know, it's yeah. just like, well. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm still just having too much fun. Um, yeah, it's just, just really, really great. Uh, that'll probably change soon, though, because I'm starting to get pretty darn excited about um, this Stamina Necromancer build that I've been talking about. Uh, this thing's really starting to come together, and Davis, you helped me last night do uh, a lot of testing to kind of figure out exactly what the the setup I want uh, is going to be. Yeah, I got a little and... taste of the poisonous disaster this guy will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like three different setups that are all three, like any one of them would be great, I think. Yeah. Um, but I, I think we found the one that's probably going to be uh, uh, the best way to go. And it's, and it's the one that I th was actually s starting out the, the, the setup that I was looking at at the very beginning. So um, I guess my instincts were, were pretty close uh, in that regard. But it's the, it's the Black Rose Prison Bow. It's the um, Poisonous Serpent set. Uh, it's three pieces uh, Agility and one piece Bloodspawn and the Snow Treader Boots. And I'm pretty sure that's going to be the build. Uh, and then the Black Rose Bow is infused with a Poison Glyph. Um, and so that, with the Poisonous Serpent set, um, and, and the Black Rose Bow itself, uh, that's a Poison Dot proc as well. Uh, it really is just a ton a ton of damage, even though the, the build itself doesn't have a ton of weapon damage. It's like 3,000-something. 
uh, but it's getting all this damage from these poison procs, and it, it amounts to quite a bit. Uh, I think it's going to be really fun. And it's cool. He's a little wood elf roly-poly uh, yeah. bow build, and he's got his uh, his necromancer minions running around. And like we were dueling last night, testing, and you were saying like you were having a hard time just landing your attacks because yeah, the the dude is just so dodgy, and 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 he moves around so much. Plus the minions getting yes. in your way. Yeah, I can't state that enough. I just couldn't I couldn't get my hands on him. You know, the minions were in the way, and then, you know, I was roll dodging through them. But then he's so much quicker, uh, and, you know, and he has, you know, I have Caltrops on the bill, but you had the Snow Treaders, and it's just, you can't stop the guy. Yeah, he's slippery. Um, and I was surprised at the at the damage output, honestly. Um, I, think, I think it's going to be really, really fun. I think especially, like, we were... We were dealing with champion points, uh, mm-hmm. but I think this build is actually really, really going to shine with no CP. And I think I'm, like, when I make a video for it and stuff, I think I am going to present it as a like a non-CP specifically build. Uh, I think it's really going to shine in, in like battlegrounds and stuff like that. Um, otherwise, that's kind of where I've been spending most of my time. Uh, I've been playing with my Magic and Necromancer healer a little bit as well, just when we just to deal with the Zergs in Imperial City, <laughs> just so we can. Just so we can be out there for more than a few minutes without getting flattened. Um, let's see, what else did we do this week? I um, not much else, I don't guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll cut that part out. Um, yeah, Davius, what have you been up to, man? Um, so the kind of as I was talking, I think I had mentioned this last week. I had been really um, focusing on my stamina warden uh, a lot here lately. Uh, bear claw. The, the old bear claw. Uh, trying to focus on getting the um, the Malakath ban uh, yep. into his setup. Um, change things around, you know, move some pieces around. Uh, just kind of as a reminder of what he... Uh, he does the innate axiom set. So that five piece just adds 400 uh, spell and weapon damage to class abilities. And then the other set he has is the Automaton, which has the five piece that adds 400 weapon damage to your physical damage abilities. Um, and his whole front bar uh, is just the animal companion abilities, all the way to the ultimate ultimate of uh, using the bear. Mm-hmm. Um, so all those abilities, except for the sub-assault, get those double buffs. Uh, and so I just wanted to put that Malakath band on there just for more, just to increase that damage more. So he gets those... Uh, damage pass we talked a little bit about but we actually did the math um i think the whole setup could get to about 51 percent damage increase uh yeah. if everything's set up right um but i should say that um and we talked a little bit about this but i i got the malakath ban on there and tested it out a little bit and last night i actually officially made the change where i pulled the malakath band off it's so funny. I think more and more people are coming to that conclusion too. Like, you know what? I think it's my build's better without it. Well, it's such a unique thing to measure because you, you know, you you really are taking a damage nerf on everything, even testing and everything like that. And the only time you're getting the buff is when you're going against other players, um, because yeah, like technically, I mean. You are getting the buff, but the only time you're really getting a benefit from it is when you're in PvP against right. players who have uh, critical resistance, sp- specifically the the factor that makes a big difference. Right, uh, and so um, I just didn't I just didn't really like that, especially being in Imperial City. 
um, I could I could tell when I was running around Imperial City and just trying to clear out the mobs, I could tell that I was struggling with them much more than I ever have. Um, mm. And so I just didn't like the fact that, and it was effective against players. You know, I was hitting I was hitting other players hard, but I just didn't like the fact that it was only hitting players hard. You know, we run Imperial City a lot. I like this build setup, and uh, even you know I just run around and and, and the overall map and just kind of have fun. And so. Um, I actually I pulled the Malkath band off. Um, I still think there's ways to make that effective, but I don't think it's as powerful as I originally thought it was. I think it's something that you actually have to kind of design uh, a build for to really take yeah. advantage of that uh, extra damage. I, I, I had looked at it originally as, okay, you can just throw this on anybody who doesn't use crit, and it's just going to make their damage go crazy. Uh, I think you really have to take advantage of it you know like uh we talked a little bit about you know dot builds or procs you know if you've got multiple damage outputs and it's applying to all of those uh then maybe that's probably going to be where it's more effective but uh i just wasn't i wasn't crazy about it on the build i didn't like um how weak i was against non uh actual players um and you know and the 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 buff i was having against players it, i could tell but it wasn't anything and it wasn't just you know, a night and day difference. I was hitting a little bit harder on players, but a significant less amount of damage on non-players. Yeah, and as as much time as we spent at Imperial City, I mean, that's that's yeah. a major factor because we spent a lot of time, you know, dealing yeah, with mobs clearing, and yeah, bosses clearing mobs. And, stuff and like anybody that. who fights in Imperial City knows that you'll be in the middle of a fight with other players, and then you just hit that moment. You're like, hold on, I gotta clear these. I gotta clear these mobs out. Oh, man. They're getting I've in been, the way of the I've fight. I've been killed. I've been killed by an NPC negate so many times oh, in the man. middle of an actual like PvP fight. It's, it's, it's maddening. <laughs> I don't know what the NPC is that does that negate, but that negate's nasty. So I pulled the Malakath band off there. Um, with the Malakath band, I had just a one-piece Swarm Mothers just for max stats with the Malakath band and then the two sets I talked about. Um, I pulled the Malakath band on there, and I actually put Baylorg's uh, monster set on there. Uh, I'm testing that out. I don't know if I'll actually stick with that. I think I'm either going to do the Grunwolf or Baylorg's, just depending on if I want to do more damage or more sustain. Um, huh. But... Uh, he's actually going to be back to a more normal, non-mythic setup, um, and I kind of ran around a little bit, and it felt—it just felt better. <laughs> yeah. I felt like he was hitting as hard as he was before, and uh, it was—it was—it was a, a much feeling better setup for him. So, uh, yeah, that Malakath band, I think, is a is an interesting story. This patch, you know, because I think everyone was just like super, like, oh, I got to get my hands on that thing asap, and then I'm going to be op. Uh, so, you know, watch out. Uh, and yeah, it's just like you said, it's really only certain builds. I think especially proc builds yeah. um, really, really benefit from it. And especially no CP. Uh, and I wonder, have you tried that? Did you ever try that Malakath setup in Battlegrounds? I did do it. I did do it in a couple Battlegrounds and it was, I mean, it was oppressive in there. Um, but, you know, yeah. kind of going back to what we say, and I still do Battlegrounds, but without the the group battlegrounds i just don't do them as much anymore and so it was yeah. kind of once again it was uh it was really good in there and, and no cp it it made an even bigger difference um but i just uh, i don't do uh battlegrounds like i used to and so it just it wasn't um it just wasn't as fun to have this this setup yeah, uh, yeah, I was just making the point, like, if you, if you do a lot of non-CP, then it probably yes. shines a lot more. Yes, uh, in the uh, Battlegrounds, situation. it definitely, um, 
that was its that was its best point. That was the best uh, this build worked was in a, 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 a no you know battlegrounds with no CP uh, is where it was hitting the hardest. Man, I think the Ring of the Wild Hunt best mythic item, right? I mean, yeah, I feel like that's one that's like really no downside to that one. You put that on, you're you're better. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, I just recently, uh, that's actually a good segue. Uh, so the other thing that I've started doing this week is uh, uh, I have been inspired by you. So I've been working on my, my uh, Stamina Templar. Um, but uh, that I went with the Ring of the Wild Hunt. And really, yeah, that might be the best mythic item. I haven't had a whole lot. I, I don't have the Snow Treaders yet. Um, so I haven't run around with those a whole lot. But Those are cool too. But with the Snow Treaders, you get... You know, you get a penalty. They're yeah. cool, but you have to deal with this penalty. But man, uh, the Wild Hunt, man, it's it's just free speed, man. Yeah, that's the one I've enjoyed the most. So, like I said, I I've started on my my stamina Templar here, and I threw that wing or the Ring of the Wild Hunt on there, and I've had so much fun, just sprinting around like crazy. Um, I still need I still have a lot of work to go on this build, but I am excited about it. Um, I'm doing a five piece uh, Briarheart. And then I, the, one of the changes I've made is I've put uh, 7th Legion on as the other set. Yeah, um, that's a really nice stack on top of Briarheart. Yeah, so, you know, just a lot of... I can get a lot of weapon damage with the buffs up and then just a lot of healing uh, going on. So the critical strikes healing me, uh, the health recovery, um, it's a lot of fun. And then with the speed of the build, uh, like I said, I've got a lot of work to finish the build out, but... Um, with how quick it is and that extra weapon damage anybody knows with you know with a templar build you know it's basically jabs um but the the really nice part of this is that i'm i have a dual wield front bar setup and so i am really going all out with crit uh, and then i have camouflage hunter on the front bar uh, dual wielding two daggers so my crit uh with no cp uh, is right around 50 percent crit um so that with the jabs and then the, the weapon damage with no CP um, fully buffed up gets uh, just above 4,100. Um, so that amount of weapon damage with that crit, um, I think is going to be Plus, a uh, lot of fun. You're a Templar, so your crits hit for 60% yep. extra instead of 50%. Yep, so even the crit damage is getting a buff. Uh, and then the back bar, I'm actually doing um, a two-hander uh, just so I can get more heals on the back bar. So... Uh, you know, I've got uh, the, you know, the extended ritual. Uh, actually, do the retribution uh, morph uh -huh. of that, but uh, and then vigor and then rally, and so all those heals uh, and still not as much crit as the front bar, but still a lot of crit, about forty percent crit on the back bar, and so those heals, those heal over times, uh, work out really well getting along with the set, uh, the sets that I use. Yeah, really nice. Yeah, so I think awesome, dude. I love yeah, I think it's gonna be a lot of fun running. I think I'm actually gonna keep the Ring of the Wild Hunt Swift. Uh, the the way that I have it set up in the build editor right now, I have it as Swift just because, uh, like I said, I usually play slow builds, uh, but it has been so much fun with how fast this thing has run around. Um, well, it makes sense too because you don't have Major Expedition now, right? Like you right. had a bow, but you I did got have rid a, of that. Yep, and so I don't do any expedition. It's just Ring of the Wild Hunt is where all my speed comes from. Yeah, so it makes sense that you'd leave it swift. Um, mine on, on on my Stamplar is also still swift, and I like 
in my mind, I think infused would be better, but I can't bring myself to actually do it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I can't bring myself to yeah. to make the build to move slower. Yeah, uh, it's like an um, so addiction. You get addicted to that speed. <laughs> yeah, and I'm totally getting satisfactory results as is. Yeah. So I'm just gonna leave it for now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I like I said, I have a lot of work to finish this build out. But I think that once I finish this build out, it's gonna be one that I. Uh, play with quite a bit just um it's just crazy how much utility that speed gives you you know you've we've talked about just doing ritz with this character this is my favorite character to do ritz with now just because it's <laughs> almost instant um but even moving around in pvp areas imperial city you know um being able to just get, you know get out of dodge when it's a situation goes south you know uh there's yeah. just so much utility with that extra speed um that outside of you know even when you're in a fight uh, especially with Templar with jabs, if you can move around, you know, and make them struggle to hit you and you're just jabbing at them the whole time. Um, yeah. And it, it, um, it helps you in so many ways, movement yeah. speed. Um, you know, you have that camo hunter. And so as you're strafing them, jabbing mm -hmm. them, you have, you're, um, hitting them from their flank and, um, they're having a harder time, like keeping you in front of them. So they're having a hard, harder time, uh, targeting you to land attacks. If yep. you, do start taking too much damage you can you can disengage break away hide behind a wall or something uh, if you need to it's by far the most effective form of defense especially this patch right now yeah. where being tanky almost means nothing at all right now yep um so yeah that's kind of what i even going into the next week my focus will be on the stamina warden and stamina templar kind of going back and forth between those two builds the stamina warden is like i said pretty much done now that I've pulled the Malakath band off uh, and gone back to kind of the old setup, but I'm just testing monster sets of which one will work best with him. Um, and then my Stamina Templar, I've got a lot of work to do just to, to get uh, gear golded out and, you know, uh, tri-stat uh, glyphs, things like that. Oh, yeah, I forgot we were going to start. We said we were going to start talking about what our goals are. <laughs> well, your the goals are week. next week. I didn't. Okay, so that's your goals. I didn't say mine. My... My goal is just to keep working on this stamina necromancer and uh, try to get him everything transmuted and, <laughs> and in shape and, and ready to go. I think that's going to be the dude I spend all my time with. And I'm really like, I'm like, like can't sleep at night because I'm like thinking about that build and how, it's gonna, <laughs> how cool it's going to be. You've also <laughs> got to add in there that you, you've got your goals for next week is to not hit that login button when, when you've got Betsy selected. <laughs> I got I got to log in with some other character. Yeah. Um, cool, man. Yeah. Is that is that everything? That's everything. All right. Let's take a quick break uh, and then we'll come back here and we have a, a special segment we're going to get into. So we will be right back. So we're going to do uh, sort of a special segment here. It, it being uh, mid-year mayhem right now, we figure a lot of players might be trying to figure out how to be effective in PvP. You know, maybe some people are going into PvP for the first time or, you know, maybe they just don't do PvP all that often. Uh, and so they're jumping in there and they're finding it to be a lot of fun, but they're maybe losing a lot of fights. So what we're going to talk about here today is kind of some basic concepts that you might want to keep in mind if you're trying to put together a PvP build of your own. A couple of caveats I guess I want to give is there are exceptions to almost everything. So as we talk about this, uh, all of this stuff, 
None of it is chiseled in stone. Every single example that we give, there are uh, exceptions uh, that can still work totally great. Uh, there's a whole lot of factors. These are just kind of general guidelines. Um, and also we're going to be talking about uh, mostly non-CP and uh, we'll refer to CP setups uh, here and there as well, but just for simplicity's sake, uh, we're just going to be talking about, uh, like when we talk about stats and stuff like that, we're going to be talking about non-CP setups. Um, and the way I normally do it, and Davis, Davis, I think you're the same way, is we basically make our builds for non-CP and then we just layer champion points on top of that. Yeah, uh, and um, so so that our builds are, are effective in both. Yes. Um, and then we're assuming any stats that we talk about are all fully buffed with all your sets procced and your glyph active and all that stuff. Um, um, so that's that's all that really matters, right? Uh, your unbuffed stats, it can be maybe helpful to know what those are, uh, but your fully buffed stats, your, what your stats typically look like during combat is all that really matters. So that's what we're going to be mainly focused on. So what should your stats look like? Um, so, I mean, different people are going to give you different answers. And Davis and I, we just kind of have our own sort of experience. And from, from what our experience has told us, we've kind of landed on certain numbers that work for us. And also, I want to mention that Davis and I have very different play styles and we have very different priorities in, in how we put our builds together. So I'll have kind of my suggestions and Davis may have different suggestions. So yeah. keep that in mind. So for the stats, I would say the number one stat that you want to make sure is in a good place first is your maximum health. Uh, and in my opinion, 23,000 in no CP is the bare minimum. You don't want to go any lower than that. Although, like I said, there's exceptions to everything. But for me and my builds, I never go below 23,000. And if you can get up around 25,000, that's pretty nice. Yeah, that's that's and, and I will all note here that this health we're talking about is in a no CP PVP area. So you're getting that PVP uh, buff. I can't remember the name of it, but. Oh uh, yeah, Battle Spirit. So you're getting an extra spirit. 5K. That, that, yes, that's that's included with that. Yeah, yeah, totally. You don't have to have the 23 or 25K outside of the, the Battleground area. When you go in there, uh, you get a nice little bump. But uh, yeah, if you pour it into like no CP Cyrodiil or no CP Imperial City, you can see your, your accurate stats there. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm very similar to this. If you know, you're even a little more brave than me. I usually try to hit 24, 25k health. Uh, 23k makes me a little nervous, but um, you know, I think that, like you said, that plays into our playstyles. You're a very speedy dodge, roll dodge. Um, I'm more of kind of a tanky, um, get in people's face type of playstyle. Yeah. yeah, totally. Uh, and of course, more health is never bad but it's just okay beyond that point you're probably having to take away from other stats and so it's it's often going to be difficult to go higher than us yes. like 25k a lot of the time so um for your primary stats so if you're a magicka build you're max magicka if you're a stamina build you're max stamina uh for me i think stamina builds and magicka builds are a little bit different i think stamina builds can go as low as 24k in extreme cases uh, like my, my stamina Templar actually has about 24k max stamina. If all your other stats are in a really good spot, I think that's that's fine. For Magicka builds, uh, I don't go any lower than 25, 26k for my primary stat. Same thing for me. I usually, with any build I have, I usually, um, I don't know if it's maybe I'm partially OCD, but I usually always try to make a match. So if I can get up to 25, 25, that's ideal. 
um, but if to make them get to those numbers, some a lot of my builds just have 24k health, 24 primary stat. Uh, I usually I'm kind of I have a certain like max health number I have in mind for the build that I'm trying to shoot for, and then I hit that, and then I put everything else into my primary stat, pretty much. Yeah. Um, now your off stat. So if you're a magicka build, your stamina pool, or if you're a stamina build, your magicka pool. This is very different depending on if you're a magicka build or a stamina build. So let's talk about magicka builds first. I think for no CP, bare minimum thirteen thousand max stamina, no less than that. Um, now maybe you could go a little lower if you have really high stamina recovery, like over a thousand stamina recovery. Um, maybe you could go down to like eleven or twelve thousand, but otherwise, I would say thirteen or more, and really fourteen or fifteen would be yeah good. Well, and it's easier. I will say too that it's easier to build up your your max stamina than it is to put try to figure something out to get your stamina recovery up. Because if you're yeah. trying to get that stamina recovery up, it's probably going to hurt from other important stats on the build. Yeah, certainly. Um, so, and that's obviously just you need stamina so that you can break CC and block and dodge and just do those kinds of things. And that's always a challenge for Magicka builds is, um, you know, oftentimes when you die, it's because you're out of stamina, you get CC'd and you just can't defend yourself. Yep. Uh, so you just got to make sure you have enough stamina for to, to break CC a few times, you know, to yeah. dodge a couple of times. I think it's important to note, too, that a lot of Magicka builds get themselves in trouble with whether it's a battleground or you know, Cyrodiil, Imperial City, is that they're sprinting to stick with the group they're with. You know, if it's a battleground, stick with their team, they're sprinting to the fight. And if you don't have a decent amount of stamina, that just you sprinting has you now yeah. really low on stamina by the time you get to the fight. And so Yeah, you like only... you're starting the fight yeah, yes. at a disadvantage. And yeah. so you're you're really setting, you're putting yourself in a bad spot before you even, you know, before you've even started the fight. Yeah. Now, stamina builds, um, it very much depends on the build, um, and this can this can vary greatly. Some stamina builds are hugely dependent on Magicka, mm -hmm. and others hardly at all. Uh, and there's, there's a few different examples I want to start with here. So, um, Stamina Dragonite, for example, I would say that they can be very, very dependent on Magicka, right? A lot of them use Fossilize, a very powerful stun that costs a lot of Magicka. Yep. Uh, a lot of them also use the the flappy wings uh, that also cost a lot of magicka plus their armor buff plus uh, cauterize cost magicka and for a dragonite these are abilities that they like really rely on like in a moment's notice they need to be able to use that skill or they they could die right, right. Like, you have to be able to stun someone right now you have to be able to cast those wings right now or it's lights out um so you know uh, a stamina dragonite i would say you know having like 14, 13, 14, 15,000 max magicka would be a pretty comfortable spot to be. Um, but then say like a stamina templar, like my stamina templar just uses cleansing ritual. That's it. That's the yep. only magicka ability. Now that's a very important ability that she definitely needs to be able to cast. But since it's the only one, it's that's never going to be a problem, right? The bare minimum amount of max magicka is fine. Yeah, and certain certain classes you know classes really come into effect here because like with uh, templar they're one of the rare classes that their uh, major resolve buff ability uh, actually can cost uh, stamina whereas most of these other classes you're gonna be spending magicka to get your major resolve buff and you know we talk all the time about if you have a stamina character you're 
your major resolve buff most likely is going to cost a magicka and so you really can only fit you know one other magicka ability on on your build uh and, and possibly two but you want to be careful uh once you yeah. start getting three magicka abilities about you need to make sure that you've got a decent amount of magicka otherwise if you don't ever have the magicka to cast those then they're just hurting your build more than they're helping it yeah now, some, some Stamplars use Toppling Charge, and so that that's a different story. They would want more uh, Magicka, but mm -hmm. I'm just talking about like my Stamplar as an example. Yeah. Point is, it just depends on the build. And even builds that use that do use a lot of Magicka, they may not rely on it in a pinch like the way, like for example, Dragonites do, like I was just saying. So like for another example, uh, Stamina Necromancer, they typically do use quite a few Magicka abilities. But it's in a different way. They're just like refreshing buffs when they fall off and stuff. So it's not like like in the moment I have to be able to cast this ability or I'm going to be able to die. It's not like that. So they, they don't really need to invest in a big magic pool either, even though they do use a fair number of magic abilities. So this is something that's it's really hard to give a straight answer to. Yeah. Uh, but it's probably going to be between ten and 15,000, depending on your build. So let's talk about recovery. Um, so... I think the general rule of thumb for your for your primary stat recovery is you generally want as little as possible that still feels comfortable. Uh, and the reason you want as little as possible is because however much recovery you have, that's that's an investment that you're making into that that you're not making into damage or defense and, and other things that are important to your build. Um, so generally people, they just try to have as little as possible, as little as what feels good, and then make those investments um, other places. Recovery is, it's a tricky one because it's really one of the major tipping points of when you invest in it, you're really pulling straight from uh, damage or your, you know, your defense uh, of, yeah. of build. Yeah, it's a, it's a major like kind of cornerstone to your build and getting, finding the right amount and, and still being able to invest in the other things is kind of one of the, one of the trickier parts of, of putting a build together, I think. Um, and knowing how much you need. I would say as a baseline, just starting ballpark number, 2,000 recovery is a good place to start. Um, and that's, full. I mean, fully buffed with like, uh, like all your buffs active, your potion active, all that stuff. If you're about 2,000 recovery of your primary stat, that's probably a good starting point. And then you can go up or down from there, depending on, on how that feels to you in combat. Um, and... I think that's enough to feel comfortable for most builds, but it's not like an excessive investment. Like 2000 is not going to be so much that you're not going to be doing enough damage or anything like that. So another one last thing I want to say about uh, recovery is that um, it doesn't always show up on your stat sheet. And this is, a, this is something where you kind of need to know your build. And I think uh, a good example of this is uh, a Dragonite, like a Magicka Dragonite. Um, they have a, a combustion passive that um, they restore Magicka whenever they um, set someone on fire. They also have this battle roar passive, uh, which gives them resources whenever they use an ultimate. You know, and those things, in my mind, that counts as part of your sustain kit. Um, and that's not going to show up on your stat sheet as a, as a recovery stat. But, you know, I just know that my, my Dragonite has those things. Plus, if it's a Breton, you're getting cost reduction. That doesn't show up on your stat sheet either. So, you know, I was saying about 2,000 recovery uh, is ballpark where you want to be, but my, my Magicka Dragonite actually is uh, closer to like 1,500 because she has all these other ways of getting, uh, getting stuff back. Um, and there's no way I could know that without 
putting that build together, jumping into some PvP, trying stuff out, uh, and then figuring out, okay, you know, I never even came close to running out of Magicka, so I can have more damage, and, and you know, and just just kind of making those adjustments as I go. Yeah, my, my stamina DK is my version of this. And, and like we said earlier, you know, if you make a build, you kind of have the general foundation of stats, and then to fit the build and make it really become its own is where you start changing and making things unique. My stamina DK is a very unique uh, with stats because of this. It's, like you said, that passive where if you, when you use ultimate, it leads to sustain. Uh, I have two uh, ultimate generating sets uh, and Bloodspawn on there. So I have three sets that generate ultimate and the race is Nord, who they have a passive to generate ultimate. And so I am constantly uh, utilizing leap and it's just constantly leading to more and more sustain. And so I only run about 1200 stamina recovery on, yeah. on that stamina build. Uh, but it's enough because all I'm trying to do is just get to that leap uh, and then I use it and then my sustain keeps going. Yeah. So there's stuff like that to consider. Um, and But if you're kind of putting a build together and you're not quite sure and you just want a number to start with, to start with 2,000. Yeah. Fully buffed uh, and go from there. Uh, your other recovery stats, like your off stat or health recovery, I would, I would consider those to be kind of low priority stats. I would focus on getting other stats in a good place first and then get these good if you want to. Yeah, usually when you're putting a build together, you kind of get everything where you want it and then you're out of... Uh, ways to increase stats anymore and, and you really didn't really get to those yeah like for your off stat usually just investing in into that max stat pool is enough you know like if you're a stamina dragon knight and you have fifteen thousand magicka that's fine you're set on magicka you don't need magicka recovery also like your potion is going to give that back to you it's no big deal right um all right so here's here's the the big boy damage <laughs> so how much damage is enough and this is probably the one that's the most difficult to give a straight answer to uh, probably the one that I would say mo most people would argue about there's probably yeah. so many like different ideas of how much damage is enough um, you know, and like so many things it just it, it depends on a lot of factors um, so for example you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of other stuff that doesn't show up on your on your stat sheet, right? Like uh, penetration, um, uh, your well, your crit and crit percent chance does show up on your stat sheet, but it's not factored into like your weapon damage stat or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, or if you're like mostly relying on procs for damage, there's things like that. Um, so there's a lot of stuff to consider um, where, you know, your weapon damage or your spell damage stat may not actually look very good, but your 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 build actually does do a lot of damage. And Davis, I think most of your builds are like this, right? Like yes. A lot of your damage is sort of hidden. My Stamina Warden is a great example of this just because he has so many uh, hidden damage, as you said, that, you know, he's got two sets that give just max uh, weapon or max damage to his abilities. So he's got one five piece that gives 400, uh, to a, 400 damage to his stamina abilities. Uh, his other set's 400 damage to his class abilities um, and so that's 800 damage that's not showing up on his weapon damage and then the other part is that he has a lot of uh, percentage damage amplifiers and so he has the uh, warden passive where every animal companion's ability increases his percentage damage and so he has a massive percentage damage amplifier 
as well as those two sets, and none of those show up in his weapon damage. So his weapon damage being only about 3,000, which most players would say that's not near enough, uh, he's doing so much more actual damage with his tooltip, it just doesn't show up into his actual weapon damage. Yeah, so there's a lot of uh, sets that buff specific damage types, uh, like the one you mentioned just now, uh, Strength of the Automaton, Innate Axiom, Swamp Raider, War Maiden, uh, Silks of the Sun. So there's many a whole bunch there. of these. Um, that's not going to show up on your stat sheet, so that's just something you would have to know that your, uh, you know, your character has that. But so basically, I would say a baseline, like all of that factored out. Let's just take a plain Jane vanilla build uh, that doesn't have any hidden stuff or whatever. I would say you want to shoot for about four thousand fully buffed. Uh, weapon or spell damage now f well for magicka i would say maybe like 3.5k because a lot of uh, magicka magicka builds have a lot more penetration and usually their max stat is a lot their their primary stat is a lot higher as well uh, whereas stamina builds get a lot more of their damage from actual weapon damage um, so i would say 4k minimum for stamina builds 3.5k minimum for magicka builds but then as we said that's not always going to straight up appear on your stat sheet depending on your build. If you're wearing like innate axiom or something like that, you know, your stat sheet might actually show 3,600, but then you know you have this hidden 400 uh, there. So you just have to know that. Um, but just in general, kind of keep in mind, you want to be around that 4,000 uh, weapon damage or 3.5 thousand uh, magic damage or, or spell damage. Uh, another a uh, big area for kind of hidden damage is your actual max uh, resource. Um, the more, the higher your max resource, the more it feeds into higher damage of your uh, abilities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, certainly. Uh, what's what's the formula for uh, for that? Um, it's like um, it's like every ten point five equals one damage. So like every ten point five max magicka equals one spell damage. Uh, roughly. Now, again, that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. It's just how it affects your abilities as, as far as how much damage they do. It's uh, it's about equivalent to that. Yeah, that's important, especially like I know it's pretty common for Magicka sorcerers to mostly invest in Max Magicka and their actual spell damage is pretty low. You know, it might even be less than 3,000, yeah. but they have like 45,000 max magicka and so they're actually still hitting super duper hard because of how the scaling works i don't know like yeah like i said uh it's hard to give a straight answer as far as what this stat needs to look like uh, your weapon or spell damage but i think at the end of the day there is kind of a, an easy way to give a straight answer if, if you're an offensive build you're trying to actually kill people what you just you, at the end of the day you need to be able to deliver a combo that deals about 30k worth of tooltip damage within two or three seconds. Mm -hmm. uh, when I say tooltip damage, I just mean like the, the attacks that you're hitting people with. And when you read the description, you know, all the damage that they're dealing needs to add up to about that amount. The, your enemy's not actually going to take that amount of damage because they have resistance and stuff like that. But the tooltips that your combo, uh, the, the abilities within your combo all add up to, I think you need to be able to deal about 30,000 30, 30, total damage within a two or three second window in order to really pose a threat to someone. Crit, um, crit is gonna depend quite a bit on the build as well. Some classes and some specs rely a lot on crit and others hardly at all. Um, so examples uh, of, 
of people who do rely a lot on crit, Sorcerers, Nightblades, Templars, or any Khajiit build benefits quite a bit from crit. Um, so if you have any of those kind of builds, that's, those are very good reasons to invest in crit for sure. Whereas a Dragonite, for example, you know, crit's still a good thing. It's going to make them do more damage, but they're not really incentivized to invest in crit. They don't have any special bonuses or class mechanics that, that rely on it. Right. So, you know, if I'm playing a Dragonite, I'm probably not going to go out of my way to invest in crit. But if I'm on a Sorcerer, I definitely am going to go out of my way to invest in crit. Um, but depends on the build. I would say baseline, if you're around 30% Magicka or Stamina, that's going to be, that's going to be fine. Yeah, with um, no it's CP. Probably one of the, with no CP. Probably one of the stats that would be uh, a lower priority. Because like I said, even for classes that do benefit quite a bit from crit... Your other your other stats still need to be in a pretty good spot in order for that crit to even be very good. Um, so I would consider it a little bit lower priority than your actual damage stat, your max stats, recovery. You know, make sure those things are in a good spot first. Um, and then the defensive stats. This is uh, Davius and I are going to differ quite a bit on these. <laughs> we're going to be we're going to hit different uh, <laughs> different sides of the room on this one. Uh, very very much depends on play style. Um, so, I mean, it's a given that you have your major armor buff no matter what, right? Either you have your class armor buff or you're wearing Mighty Chudan. One of those two things are happening. Um, but otherwise, if you go, and that's going to put you probably like what, around like 1,800 um, or 18,000 resistance, something like that? Yeah, like with your um, major resolve on. Yeah. So that's enough for me and most of my builds because I play a very... Um, mobility focused sort of play style i use a lot of line of sight my goal is to avoid taking most damage in the first place so the bare minimum amount of resistance is good enough for me um but davis probably has a different perspective yeah so almost almost every one of my builds i'm actually running uh about uh 20 about twenty five thousand physical and spell resistance minimum uh some builds i even get up in around thirty thousand on both so you'd say if you're um, trying to be like a brawler, like in your face kind of thing, like 25k fully buffed resistance is a decent spot to be. Yeah, it, I mean minimum. I mean really, it's better to be kind of in the 27 to 30 30k of uh, both those resistances if you really want to be that tanky brawler uh, ability. And there's a lot of way to get you know a lot of ways to get those, especially if you uh, you know class passives can come into play and, and, and race and things like that, you know, sword and shield. Um, there's a lot of ways to do it, uh, yeah, just depending a, on the abilities, there are but potions, there are potions that give yep. you resistance. You can have protective jewelry. You can be a Nord heavy armor, heavy armors, heavy armor is how I personally usually do it. Most of my builds, I run heavy armor to get that, um, the, both those, uh, resists up higher. Um, almost all my builds are heavy armor. Uh, that's just yeah. kind of the easy way for me to do it. Yeah, heavy armor is great. It's really, really good. Um, I do. Um, I like. I have a Nord Dragon Knight that does medium armor, uh, but then all protective on the jewelry, mm-hmm. um, and I like that quite a bit. Like with the Nord with the protective jewelry, she's pretty darn tanky. She's I think she's like twenty six thousand uh, resistance or so. Like when she's fully buffed, plus she has the medium armor passives as well. So I kind of I kind of dig that. Yeah, and that's the thing too is when you look into these things, you know, find out what other bonuses you're getting by going into it. So like heavy armor, I go into it for these resistances, but the other benefit to heavy armor is that it's going to take care of my max health. I don't have to worry about my max health stat because uh, with heavy armor, I'm going to take care of that 
you know, my resistances and my, and my max health usually with the heavy armor will take care of that. So then, you know, with my jewelry and things like that, I can start going. And then with my five-piece sets, I can start going elsewhere. Uh, kind of the same thing for you. With your medium armor, you're going to take care of your penetration, uh, your speediness, and, and, and kind of weapon damage, you know. So uh, don't just look at one thing with just going into one stat, you know. Really look at where that's going to get you kind of on what we've talked about, these base stats. Um, and then uh, critical resistance. I think this would actually you can give a pretty straight answer to. I think about 1,800 is uh, where you want to be with critical resistance. Although, I mean, there are still exceptions. There are people who will run way, way less and way, way more. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in general, if you shoot for about 1,800, and what's nice, that's <clears throat> so last patch, if you, in no CP, if you ran all seven M pin pieces on, on all of your armor, you got about 1,800 crit resist. Um, now, this patch, of course, our, par- our characters have uh, base crit uh, resistance added. Uh, and so now you can just do three M pen pieces uh, and get to that same 1800 critical resistance. Um, and so then you're freed up to do uh, four of some other trait if you want to, uh, or you could still go all M pen if you want to, but uh, I've just been doing three M pen on all of my PVP characters and that still feels pretty good to me, I think. Um, and then I'll use well-fitted or divines or infused or something else uh, on the rest of the pieces. Yeah, I've, with, I've really been enjoying that. With that base crit resist, it's easier. It's really, it's been huge for kind of getting other stats of your build kind of where you want it. Um, you know, uh, one one thing that I've been using a lot is that, you know, with my builds, if I'm having trouble, I get everything where I want it, but my max stats are a little low. Uh, I've been really utilizing the infused trait on those yeah. armor instead of in-pin. So that's basically... A rundown of the stats. I'm sure there's a lot of factors that we didn't touch on. Um, if anyone uh, has something you think is important to consider that we're not really talking about here, feel free to email us at scrollingpodcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll acknowledge that next time. Um, but let's talk a little bit about um, abilities and skills and stuff. And we're not going to get super specific um, because as with everything, so much of it comes down to player preference, what's important to you, what, um, what your play style is, what are your strengths and weaknesses, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some kind of givens, right? You're going to have your major armor buff for sure, unless you're wearing Mighty Chudan. Um, you're probably going to have uh, a, some way of getting your major spell or weapon damage buff, unless you're getting that from a potion or something. Um, but as far as like your offense, of course, you're going to have like a main spammable ability, right? Just like a single target, something you can just hit someone, hit someone with over and over and over again. Uh, you're going to need to have a hard CC ability, some, some way to stun somebody. And there's a lot of different ways of doing that. Um, and I think it's important to distinguish between hard CC and soft CC. And I would say soft CC, things like immobilizations and slowdowns and things like that, those things are nice to have, but not totally essential the way a hard CC is. You have to have a hard CC. Yeah, um, I think there's there's so many situations where, uh, in order to survive, you need that hard CC to kind of. Uh, it gives you that moment to breathe. Right. Just that that that, <laughs> that extra second you need to cast a heal or go hide behind a tree or whatever. You just got to have it. You know, magnum shot from the bow or you know fossilize or. Uh, toppling charge, you know, there's a bunch, there's a bunch of stuns out there. You just got to make sure you have one of them slotted somehow. 
Um, you also need to have some, you know, almost every class has some like big hard hitting uh, ability that you use for like a burst combo. Um, so for Nightblades, it's the uh, Merciless Resolve proc. For Wardens, it's the Sub Assault. For Necrobancers, it's Blast Bodes. Um, uh, Templars have Power of the Light, um, so on. Uh, I think not everyone does, like Dragon Knight, I think they don't really have that because they're kind of relying on ultimate regeneration for, for their heavy hitting combos and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it kind of depends on the build again, but if your class has something like that, um, then you're going to definitely need to have that. Yeah. It's just kind of that ability to go with your spammable. So your spammable is the one you're hitting a lot, but you're going to hit this one every now and then for just kind of that extra burst. Yeah. Uh, and I, speaking of burst, I think that's actually something really important we can talk on real quick. You know, um, sustained regular, you know, a big difference between PVE and PVP is in PVE, you're just trying to do a lot of damage over a, a long fight. Um, that's not necessarily near as important in PVP. You're really trying to match up all your damage at once so that a player can't recover from it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're trying to basically burst them down into execute range as quickly as you can, and then and then get them down. And there there is something to be said about like applying sustained pressure uh, against someone that's like not going to die right away. Um, but like you said, that's not that's not the idea. And you're really just doing that to bide your time until you can deliver that big burst combo. Um, so uh, let's see what else. So as far as your offense goes, that's basically you got to have a spamable, you got to have uh, a stun. You gotta have your big burst uh, combo skill, whatever that is, and then your your offensive ultimate of choice, you know, Dawnbreaker or class ability or whatever. Um, as far as um, your your defense, I would say you need to have at least one heal over time and at least one burst heal ability. So like Vigor and Rally would cover you there. Mm -hmm. um, or something, or uh, radiating regeneration and illustrious healing, or your class class burst heal, or whatever. I would say that's minimum. If you could have a couple of heal over times, that's even better. Um, but bare minimum, those two. Um, and then one other thing you need to have in your toolkit, basically some kind of escape tool or escape mechanism, some way of uh, dealing with an emergency panic situation. So there's a few easy examples, Nightblade, uh, your, your cloak, right? Uh, if you're a sorcerer, streak, uh, you know, those are a couple of just easy examples that come to mind right now. Or you could be a vampire and use mist form. Um, or you could, you know, maybe you build your build so that you're very, very tanky and have lots of heals and you can just, you can just stand there and tank, tank out that emergency situation if you just go full defense mode. Yep. Whatever it is, you need to have a solution because it's gonna happen. You're going to be outnumbered. Uh, you're, you're going to be in situations where it's unwinnable and you need to deal with it somehow. Um, my way of dealing with it for most of my builds is just to make sure I have more movement speed than most other players. Because uh, if I can move faster than them, they can't reach me to attack me. Uh, and that's, that's how I deal with that. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways. Yeah. So, yeah, so my way, kind of like what you said, is that most of my builds are really tanky. And so I can kind of go into... Um, a turtle going back into a shell <laughs> and so i can kind of hang out there and go full tank and just pull all my damage back and kind of just tank out a moment and then that gives time for my 
uh, the, you know, my teammates, if you're in a battleground or, or the people to kind of get to the fight. Uh, and so as long as you can hold out there, be tanky enough, uh, you know, and, and sometimes that doesn't work. Sometimes you have to be tanky enough to get away from the fight. Sometimes there's going to be so many people that you're not going to last. But if you're tanky enough to kind of survive, you can get to a, a better spot or behind, you know, behind a wall or get out of line of sight. Uh, but you just, you know, kind of stay tanky enough to where you can get to that spot. Um, and, and players, you know, if you, if you are tanky enough, players will burn through their sustain. And so they're either going to stop and then they're going to go elsewhere because they, you know, they've gone through all your sustain because you're just focusing on being tanky. Um, or they're going to, you know, they're by the time your teammates get there, they're out of sustain. So your teammates can kind of have the upper hand. Yeah. Um, so A lot yeah, of just different some ways sort of, to do it. <laughs> yeah, just some sort of solution, whatever you can come up with in that situation. Um, I, I want to back up to um, the offensive combo for just a second. Um, so, you know, I think some people listening might be thinking like, well, you only really named off three offensive abilities there, you know, and especially if you're used to doing a lot of PVE, you know, you have like two full bars full of offensive abilities. So how, how is that going to be enough? Um well, I think for for me in PvP, I think simpler is better. And and actually, a lot of my best builds, I'm only using two or three abilities to, to kill people with. Um, and I think that's a kind of a pitfall that people will often make when trying to put builds of, of their own together, is they're trying to fill their bars up with all these damaging abilities when you actually only really need a few. You know, you just need enough to deliver your combo. Whatever your combo is, there's a lot of different combos out there. But that's just it. Figure out what your combo is and just use the abilities that's needed for that. And then everything else, fill your bars up with utility, stuff that's going to give you better sustain, better survivability, stuff like yeah. that. I think that's a huge point. I mean, I think a lot of people try to overcomplicate their rotations. And so while they're going through the rotation, you know, if it's very complicated, it's more chances for you to not do it right or you do one in the incorrect order or something happens. And that really only benefits the players you're going against. Um, I think me and you are both you know with we've talked about you know the couple offense abilities couple healing abilities or defense ability usually what i do with the rest of my bar after that uh, is i really really love abilities that give you passive stats just being slotted um, mm -hmm. once i kind of have my couple offensive abilities and my couple heal and my defense really what i'm looking for to fill my bar out is to to get some sort of passive ability whether it's the crit passive or you know fill out the rest of the bar with those passive abilities to kind of help get your stats where they need to be. Yeah, totally. And, you know, think about it. Think of the some of the most successful PvP builds we see out there. I mean, what does their combo consist of? It's just dizzy swing, dizzy swing, dizzy swing, dizzy swing. <laughs> you know, it's super simple and quite effective. So you don't need a complicated thing. You know, you just need something that works uh, and, and everything else fill up your skill bars with helpful things that are going to help help you stay alive and, and stuff like that yeah so yeah you know it being mid-year mayhem um it's a it's a great time to to check out pvp if you haven't before or even if you have before um it's a great time to do it because you know we talk about the zergs and stuff and that's definitely a thing that's happening but um i think it's a really attractive event for people who maybe don't do a lot of pvp because you're you're in the same boat as a lot of other people right you're surrounded by other people who don't do a lot of pvp yeah 
Uh, okay, so I think we are getting close to the end of the podcast here. Um, no real shout-outs or anything like that. We didn't get any emails this week, but if you would like to send us an email, you can email scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. That's scrolling with an I-N, no G, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know if you have any questions or comments, anything you want to hear us talk about, or if you just want to tell us a joke or say hello, uh, anything like that, um, you know, just say what's up. We also have our guild, Stoons Goons, uh, still looking for members. If you want to be a part of that, let us know. Uh, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com. You can also contact us uh, in-game. I'm at Cat Sparrowhawk. Davius is at Starjumper. Again, you can just say hello, or if you want to be a part of the Goons. Um, what's the Stoons Goons all about? We're all about giving you a free set of Stoons favor, <laughs> number one. Okay. <laughs> And uh, I don't know, we're figuring out the rest, but that's that's number one. You'll get some students anyway. I would say it's uh, also all you know all of our equal love of Nords, but you know you seem to combat that one every now and then. <laughs> you know, Nords are okay. Uh, you know we're all about Goon Night. We go to Imperial City every Friday night and uh, get flattened by Zergs lately. But, uh, we, we need we need more we need more goons. So. Yeah, <laughs> we need some more right goons now. out there. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, I think that's probably the end. You got anything to say before we go? Uh, I don't think so. I feel like I should have a clever line here. I don't, I don't have one. Sorry. Man, dropping the ball. <laughs> All right, we're going to call that an episode. Thanks for listening to episode number 20. Goodbye. Goodbye.